Howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Stubbornly Positive Podcast with Craig Grossi and Nora Parkington. Yeah, we're providing you here with real life examples of the power of the human spirit, the power of stubborn positivity, which is one of our favorite things to talk about. Uh, and we're just, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. This is our, our first episode. Guys, this is so exciting. <laughs> Long time coming. Yeah. We, we nailed the intro. We nailed the intro. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank do you, you. want to talk about yeah. what just happened So before? we were just deciding who should do the intro. And I... I well, I did the intro for, for the, the trailer. For the trailer. So I was like, let's share it. You do yeah, the intro. Right. And I started to, to say it, how I was going <laughs> to say it, to rehearse it. And I look over and Nora... And Nora's lips are moving. I'm, I'm the best <laughs> like, wife stage mom. Yeah, I was gonna say you're like a stage mom in the in the aisle doing the choreography. It's yes. <laughs> really funny. All right, let's let's get into it. Oh, yes. all right. Uh, all right. Very very formal because mm. I mean, producer is a list of things that I do. Mm. Oh gosh. the stage mom momming. Yeah, but you could do we, a whole episode about start, the jobs you do. <laughs> we got to start no, start the episode off. With introductions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we worked really hard on uh, on introductions. We oh, have not I heard. No, hard. I did not. Work. <laughs> we have not. <laughs> we have not shown each other our introductions. No. So this is. I mean, this is for the pod guys. I'm just gonna read the vows. My vows um, from our wedding. Well, that's funny because I was gonna say, let me start. Yeah. Please, if that's all right. Uh-huh. Like our wedding. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say my vows first because Craig's a writer. And you don't want to. You're a writer too. You write songs. You don't, you don't want to go after Craig. So, okay. Craig Grossi. Mm. Not Grassy. No, not Grassy. Not today. Uh, not today. It's Craig <laughs> Grossi. Craig Grossi, raised in the Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C. Mm. Craig Grossi is a Marine Corps veteran, best selling author of uh. Craig and Fred and Second Chances, recipient of the Purple Heart. Mm. Georgetown hockey legend (laughs) (laughs) and graduate, animal lover and rescuer, dog dad to Fred and Ruby, Mm. Bob's Burgers number one fan, uh, and master of all things trucks. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, my incredible husband, (laughs) Craig Grossi. That is the greatest intro. Thank you so much. Ooh, I'm so proud of all of those things. You really nailed that. Thank, Thank you. you I should send those to all of our speaking events going right. going forward. Right. That's yeah. Wow. Well, you. I'm uh, sweating. I'm yeah, really nervous. Already for this. nervous sweats. Can I feel your palms? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I wasn't. You no, don't lie on the no, pod. No, you don't lie. No lie. There's no lying, no lying on, on the podcast. Nora Parkington is. I, and seriously, I could do an entire, like, three-part Ken Burns documentary on all the things that you do. Thanks, babe. Um, and it still wouldn't scratch the surface. Nora Parkington is a gifted and accomplished musician, mm-hmm. having played at some of the world's most renowned venues. She's a creative and resourceful entrepreneur who has brought to life Fred's message of stubborn positivity through the management of our speaking events, social media, and merchandise. Combine this with her natural ability to connect with others, 
her devotion to friends and family. And when you add a healthy dash of goofball, <laughs> you've got the ingredients that make this incredible person I'm lucky to call my wife. Oh, are you tearing up? <laughs> Will you marry me? <laughs> Hey. Yeah. See, this is why I went number one. <laughs> uh, chapter you. two. That was really special. Yeah. Uh, Ellen, she's from Wellfleet, Massachusetts. Uh, Born yeah. in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. Thanks, mom. Not a lot of people Thanks, can say dad. that. Yes. Yeah. Born and raised and, and married, married yeah. in Wellfleet, yeah. Wellfleet Massachusetts. Wow. That was amazing. Oh, Should we just end it? <laughs> just Thanks end for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go cry for a little while. Yeah, yeah. No, we we always say we're the luckiest. I agree. We do a lot of things together. Mm. Uh, podcast is is one of them. Mm-hmm. We also do events together. We uh, do our social media together. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty rare thing that you like and enjoy and get along with your husband and work so <laughs> yeah, well. I don't. Really I don't recommend it for everybody, but right. it works for us, and we can do it for this long i mean yeah. we've been doing this we're very lucky that yeah 2016 2017 yeah right um not the podcast but why mm. we started the podcast right started Let's get into that. in 2020 yeah around this i mean in, when the when the pandemic hit and everybody shut down shut down we started live videos mm-hmm. and it was i think we did monday through when one monday wednesday friday yeah yeah that was it and right. we did live videos it was so special we really just i mean it was people were thanking us and we we were genuinely <laughs> thanking that everybody right back if you tuned in back then you, you know that it was just as much for our sanity as it was for everybody else's because we we had been on the road for for months and I mean, fortunately for us, our last event was in Florida in March, and it, it everything was shutting down. I was South Carolina when we were on the way back, and everything was shutting down. And we got home, and and it was kind of strange because we got home and just had to go from on the road, right. socializing, oh, traveling, seeing. I mean, everybody. Yeah, every- all the, yeah, and then we go home, and it's just boom, like lockdown. So yeah. I mean, it was it was uh, it was wild. Yeah, and it was just such a special thing to have. I mean, it gave us purpose and it kept us going. So we have to thank everybody that tuned in for those videos. Um, And then lots of things happened. We bought a house. We didn't have internet for a while because our driveway so long we needed to get. (laughs) Yeah. This is a rural, (laughs) rural life problems. We live in Maine now and um, we lived in Maine then too, but we moved and bought a house. And so it kind of stopped the live videos and people have been asking like, you know, bring back the live videos, bring back yeah. the live. It was just so, so special. Um, and as we've been back to traveling a lot more, we've been thinking like, we just keep meeting these incredible people, with these incredible stories. We really want to show them in a way that's longer than a reel on, on Instagram yeah. first 90 seconds. So how do we do that? Podcast. Yeah, it's perfect. We've it's, been thinking about it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's just a matter of timing. We've, you know, we've, we've been, busy with life and work and and uh but we're finally you know we have the gear we have the the time like we can we can really do it right we didn't want to just do it just for the sake I of it i love that you think we have the time yeah we are gonna make the we're time we're gonna make the time yeah. and it will be amazing and it's so important. It's welcome important. to the first one yeah this is a special we're one we're very glad you're here <laughs> it's the first one yeah and 
I think we have to catch everybody up just in case mm. you are somebody that this is the first time ever hearing us. Sorry. First of all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apologies. So you stumbled in here somehow. Uh, yeah. If you stumbled in, we have to give the background to why, I mean, how we even started doing live videos, why our right. social media, like what, what brought us to now is your incredible story with Fred. Fred. Freddie is the root of, of all the good that, uh, that you, you see before you. And, and the only reason he's not in this podcast, one, is because right, most people are listening. He's right here. And he's, he's <laughs> at our feet. But also, it's so hard to wrangle him. I yeah. think our voices annoy him yeah. when we're doing stuff like this. He gets, he gets a little... He, he, gets, he, uh, he loves this couch, and, but he doesn't we're, share. He only shares it with Ruby. Once one of us plops down on this couch, he's like, ugh, and he... He goes down there and he's on on the nice carpet right now. So for anyone listening and not viewing, we're sitting in our office. Uh, We have this incredible mural behind us. We're sitting on a couch. Ruby is... um, Ruby's right here. Yeah, she's to Craig's (laughs) The dogs are never never Smushed into all the pillows and Fred is at our feet lying peacefully. It's very windy out. You might hear some wind. Yeah. But it's a sunny day in Maine and we're just so stoked to be doing this with you guys. So... You and Fred, mm. your story, mm-hmm. it's like one for the books. Literally, yeah. Great. Nice. <laughs> I said it right. Wow. This is also a comedy podcast. In case, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, you got it right. Um, why don't you speak to, I mean, a yeah. quick kind of yeah, overview. The, the, the elevator version of the, of the story of me and Fred is, um, you know, I was a Marine in, in Afghanistan in the summer of, of 2010. And, and I was an intelligence collector attached to uh, a team of recon Marines. And we inserted into a really rough spot of, of Helmand province. There weren't a lot of spots in Helmand that weren't rough, but this one was particularly, uh, had a really bad reputation at the time. And, and we inserted in and, and, there was nobody waiting for us. It was just really the, 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 the front of the front line. And we dug into this little house and spent the first like week and a half, two weeks just under constant fire from, from the Taliban. And, and in between, you know, whenever we would catch a break, you'd look around, you know, and kind of just look for something, you know, to maybe make you smile. And, and every time, you know, I had a second, I, I would, I would see this dog. I would see this funny little dog, kind of trotting around the battlefield and, and he just seemed so different from everything around him. And after things calmed down, I, I walked up to him and I had, you know, just a little, all I had to offer him was a, you know, maybe a rub and, and some a piece of beef jerky. Um, but there was just a little boy in me that loved dogs that just kind of, you know, I couldn't take my eyes off of him and I, I couldn't help but try to, to, uh, to make contact with him. He was so special and just looking at him made me, made me happy. So I had to, you know, approach him and, and he did something when I walked up to him. He did something that to this day ha- continues to have a profound impact on on me. And and I'm proud to say the people that have read read my writing and that that interact with us on social media and and know the story. You know, when I walked up to him that that first time, he he wagged his tail, and he had nothing to wag his tail about. You know, he was hot and hungry and covered in bugs and and you know clearly had never really been taken care of by a person. Uh, but he wagged his tail, and that that brought me closer, and that change the the trajectory the whole course of of his life and and uh i didn't know it at the time but it would it would come to do the same for me um you know when, when i came home and 
So yeah, that's that's the the story of Fred in an, in kind of a nutshell. Uh, there's a lot to it. Yeah. There's a lot to him to getting him off that battlefield. And, You'll have and, to read the book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's if just you haven't, yeah, how you got him home and right, it's wild. We'll get into that a little bit too. But it's, the title says says a lot. You know, it's it's a marine, a stray dog, and and how they rescued each other. And that's that's exactly right. I mean, I rescued Fred. I've rescued Fred once, but he has he has rescued me again and again and again, just in in, in just incredible uh, ways that I, I'm so excited to share, you know, in different ways. And stubbornly positive was born. Yeah, yeah, stubborn positivity was born in those first moments when he wagged his tail. Exactly. Yeah, because he, it, it's a choice. It's it's a choice to to find a reason to wag your tail when you're in life's moments when you're hot and hungry and covered in bugs and you feel, you know, completely cornered and completely out of options. And, uh, you know, it's those moments that Fred is proof of, of how far you can go and how, how quickly things can, can change when you find a reason to wag your tail in those moments. So the structure of this podcast is pretty simple. Hmm. We're going to meet incredible people from, from everywhere, from all walks of life. Um, people, characters from the book, you know, friends of ours, people we haven't met, people we meet on the road that we're just going to drag into a hotel room yeah. <laughs> and do a podcast. That right. sounds safe, yeah. but we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> but the structure is simple, is when we have guests on, it's going to be, what is your stubbornly positive moment? Like, what is the moment for you where you had every reason to growl and, you know, show your teeth and you you chose to whack your tail and it changed your life for you know, the better for every, for you, for everyone around you, you know, we all have those moments and I think it's something to learn from, from everybody and be inspired by and just also connect with people. But it's also so empowering we've seen. And as your wife, I've seen when you share your story and what that does and encouraging other people to share stories. So we want to one, do that also is give Mm. people a space to feel safe and share their incredible story because each one of us has such incredible stories. So to that, what would you say is one of your, I know mm. there's many, mm. but is one of your stubbornly positive moments in your life? Yeah, that's, a, it's, it, so yeah, I guess I'll be the first, the hey, first, you're the first guest, the first guest, yeah, <laughs> be the guinea pig, yeah. happy to be, um, it's, I have to go back to probably the first year, uh, that I was home when I came home from Afghanistan. I what year was that? I was uh, 2011. Thank you. I know that year, but I'm, just, I'm, a, <laughs> yeah. good, I'm a good host. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Wow. <laughs> um, so 2011. 2011. I came home. Fred was waiting for me uh, at my dad's house, and I, uh, you know, I, I just started checking boxes. I, you know, I got a I got a job with the government. I got an apartment in a you know a cool part of DC. I got a new truck and, you know, and I thought, you know, six months time, you know, I won't even really be thinking about Afghanistan or the friends that I lost or the things that I saw and, and, and did in, at war. And, um, you know, and, and I knew that I had been through it. I knew that I had, you know, experienced a lot for me, uh, but I was in a place where uh, when anytime I've, I've felt something like that, anytime it, it crept up on me, I would just kind of dismiss it in a various ways, I would think, well, I know Marines or people who have been through way more deployments, saw way more stuff than me, and they seem to be doing fine. Like, what's my problem? Like, let it go. Mm. Or it was, um, 
you know, it, it would just manifest in to fo hyper focusing on, you know, working out, running really long distances or, you know, or just like, or drinking, drinking too much, you know, and, and just kind of using it as a crutch, using it as an excuse to over, over indulge in, in alcohol. And it was just really um, manifesting in unhealthy ways. And, and on top of that, professionally, I was really unhappy. The job that I got, you know, made sense on paper, but it really wasn't fulfilling me. And it was just such a, such a kind of a, a, a weird time in my life. But the one bright moment, the one shining moment was this dog, this awesome dog that I had. So I would come home from work and as, as he, he stresses, as he's big stretch, big stretch. and uh, I'd come home from work and I, I'd grab him and, you know, take off my suit and tie and, and uh, I, I'd grab him and we'd go for a walk around DC and everywhere we would go, people like on street corners, there's a guy that ran a forklift at a hardware store down like two blocks down that would just whatever he was doing, he'd have like a pallet up in the air and he would stop and he would run over and like want to see Fred, you know, it was just literally he would just Fred just pulls people in mm -hmm. and with his trot and his <laughs> smile and, and his, his just so handsome dashing good looks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, but for a long time though, that still, that, it, that wasn't enough. I, I, people would ask, you know, what kind of dog he is. Cause he is just so, you know, interesting unique. and unique yeah. and, and they would want to know what, you know, what kind of dog he was. And, and so, but me being stuck in that, in that negative mentality, I, uh, and dismissive mentality, I would just, I would make up a breed, you know, I would say he's a pocket wolf or, you know, or something like that. And, well, you also were protecting Fred. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because I mean, speak to that a little, just a, quick, a little bit. Yeah. I, I was for a while there. It was, you lived in DC. I lived in DC and I, you know, you never knew, who, you know, who you would be talking to. And I broke a lot of rules getting Fred home. So yeah, and, I didn't want it to become, you know, you wait a minute, you know, you start telling the story and it turns out you're talking to like a, you know, uh, a lawyer from the Navy or something, you know. And just because I love to make this point for, you know, oh, all of our events yeah, right. and because I worry about you still. Yeah. Uh, this has all been cleared by the Pentagon, right. the book, and uh, everyone loves the story. Craig can't get in trouble. So, uh, so we can add legal uh, defense uh <laughs> counsel to your list of, uh, no. we have other family members <laughs> that are legal counsel, yeah. but no, for it, that I love to make it clear because I think it's just such a full circle. I don't want to interrupt the story. More, no, but no. you were worried of, of, you don't know who you're talking yeah, to, too. right? but you were also so guarded and lots of reasons for that. I, I think mean, you maybe, were trained to be, yeah. and you're in a place where I think every avenue of your life was difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and sharing, uh, my training in the Marines in human intelligence was it, it, it taught you to get other people to talk, right? Not to share anything about yourself. You were unlearning. Yeah, and so to for someone to ask this question that to them seems so uh, casual, yeah, because it is. To me, it was it, it was loaded because it it would have brought in all these vulnerabilities that I right. I wasn't supposed to share, right? You know, and, and so. It, it, Subconsciously, it just, is all of this around? Yeah, people so would people, ask, these poor people have no idea this? what that like the the weight to that question. Yeah. And for a long time, I I kept I I was able to deflect it and move on and just let Fred be a dog and just you know and and, uh, and not lean into that the story. Right. 
and the pain that that came because there's a you know I love telling it, but there is a lot of pain associated with the story too, and right. and so. One day, you know, this is my stubbornly positive moment. The first one um, really was just at a, a, like a day like any other day uh, at the dog park. And this this girl uh, who we're still friends with, Jess. She will be a guest. She's amazing. We can't wait to have introduce you guys to her. Um, but she lived in the neighborhood and, and she had a dog named Buford. And, Aww, sweet Buford. And he's the man and uh, a legend. And... Fred and, and Buford really hit it off. They're both hound kind of, you know, types and, and they just had this kind of quiet wisdom about them and they're instant buddies. And we start talking and Jess asked me and I don't know what it was about Jess. You know, it's just the, I think, you know, I've learned, Fate. we've learned a lot about her. But, um, and so I won't give anything away, but I, there was just something that maybe the way she asked that I just, something clicked in my head and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to tell you what kind of dog he is. You know, she asked me the question, what what kind of dog is Fred? You know, and, and I was like, all right, like buckle up because this is, this is the kind of dog he is. And this is where I found him, you know, and, and this is what it was like there for the, for me as a Marine and for the people of Sangin, Afghanistan, who were caught in the middle there. This is, you know, who stepped up. To help me get him home and you know the like just the whole story came justin flooding out i talked about my friend justin who was killed my friend sean who was killed um and you know it just came all pouring out yeah. and and jess was there for it just like the release valve yeah yeah and so and she's a therapist yeah so it it's... turns out she's a, a therapist which is incredible um again you never know who you're going to be talking to in dc yeah. <laughs> for better or worse and and I remember walking Fred, you know, the like probably like, you know, 30 minute walk back to our apartment from that dog park. And I remember looking down at him and he's looking back up at me like he likes to do, you know, when we're on a good walk and he's just smiling at me. And I was just I just started to cry. I was just like, you you did it, man. You unlocked you got, it. <laughs> you got in there, you know, and, and you got under under all the walls I had built mm -hmm. and, and you dug, he's a good, he's a good digger. Yeah, you he know, is. he dug, dug under those walls and, and finally exposed the stuff that I thought I was supposed to hide. And I, I started after that day, anytime someone would ask what kind of dog Fred was, uh, I, I just launched into the story and I started to really share it. love, not just share it, but mm -hmm. love sharing it. Mm -hmm. And the more I told it, the more I remembered and the more I remembered, the more I realized, oh my gosh, like this is so, so special and it's so much bigger than me. And that to me was what I really needed to realize because I think one of the biggest reasons I was able to dismiss telling my story for so long was it felt selfish. Mm -hmm. It felt like you know, you're just going to talk about yourself. What's wrong with you? You know, like that's, you're not supposed to do that. And the military and the Marines and my job in the Marines, especially were really good about kind of beating that out of you. Um, and it's for a reason, but, uh, it, it showed me that it's not selfish to share something about yourself it, in many ways. It is selfless because what you're doing is you're, 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 you're finding purpose in your pain and in your story and you're inspiring other people to, to do the same. And you're connecting right. with people, which right. I think was something was lost yeah. a little bit, like authentically connecting when you exactly. share your story. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it just led to, to this yeah. incredible journey of not only just sharing the story 
It got to the point where it was like people would people would come to the dog the park, stars. yeah, like just to hear the story, you know. And Fred be like chasing a squirrel or like humping a dog over, you know, like like rather running around the dog park, and 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 I'd be like dominance, yeah, dominating, yeah. He's it's a move. It's, it's a, a prop. It's it a was. Thing. It yeah. was. Uh, Let's choose the biggest dog. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, and I'd be like you know holding court at the dog park, telling yeah. this story to people and. And it it ended up leading me to school, which right. is crazy because I never thought Georgetown I would, yeah, legend, hockey to, legend ended up getting into Georgetown. And so ended up. This is see. Now we have a podcast. I can because at <laughs> events at events he says this all the time, and I'm in the crowd like because oh, you were so smart, and that's why you were accepted to Georgetown. Thanks, this, you were incredibly smart. Thanks, babe. It's, it's not. Just, he always says still, they were asleep at the wheels. They were. Somebody in the admissions department was like, "Yeah, we'll give him a shot." Yeah. <laughs> I so barely going graduated. To Georgetown. So yeah. So, so to- I, I took a I took a chance and, and applied to Georgetown. And honestly, I thought I'll apply to Georgetown because I probably won't get in, and then I can officially shut the door on school. Uh, but I ended up I ended up getting in, and uh, it was the first time in my life I felt truly comfortable in a classroom and one of the first classes I took was a writing class and every we had to write a paper every week and it was pretty intense and the professor uh you know was like you, you know you you've got you've got the gift of of writing you should continue to write you know in your free time and I was like yeah you know I have this story you know that I love to tell I wonder what it would feel like to write and so Going to school full time, I you know I had more free time. I it was you know there was a lot a lot of academic work to do, but an academic schedule mm-hmm. is is great. You know you don't have to, you're not in the office 40, 50 hours. Well, compared a week. to also what you had just been experienced. Yeah, right. I mean, where your face. I love what you write about in Craig and Fred. It's, it's continues to stand out for me when you are literally just surviving. Mm-hmm. When your day is between life and death. And it, everything else becomes so much more simple. Right. So you also have this whole new perspective yeah. on life with this newfound, yeah. you know, when ideology, you learn, basically. When you learn and experience death up close at a young age, mm-hmm. it it's a it can be a gift because mm-hmm. you you see the rest of your life as as a gift. Right. As uh, and my one of my kind of whole mentalities is to live life as if for the second time hmm. and i love that idea and and it's, it feels in many ways that that's exactly what i'm doing after you know getting so coming so close to 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 losing my life and so yeah i mean it's it, it became all of these things all of these things that that you know telling the story realizing that it was bigger than me um because of all the people involved and 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 on top of that, how easily it could have gone the, the other way. way. <laughs> you know, Fred could have gotten caught. I could have gotten killed or more seriously hurt than I was. Um, you know, it all could have unraveled. And the fact that it didn't was that was enough of a, a of a push um, to, to make me seriously, you know, just throw my heart and my whole energy into sharing it through a book. And so the, then it just became the focus was to write a book and get a book published about the story and and it's just grown. It from gave there. you purpose. Yeah, your pain led to purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And Fred's message of stubbornly stubborn positivity. Yeah, what you've coined a stubborn positivity 
is something you internalized without even really knowing. Right. But as you began sharing the story and writing the book, it was like, wow, wait, like this, this saved my life in yeah. the ways of how he rescued you, his stubborn positivity, his like demeanor, his like funny personality right. is, I mean, almost identical to yours. You guys are brothers <laughs> yeah. in another lifetime because yeah, you have so sure. many similarities. I know. But that purpose, because I came into your life basically at the end, the last semester of your Georgetown. Right. I mean, we had met like a year or so yeah. half before, but when we started dating, you were still struggling with your place. You were still oh, struggling yeah. with your purpose. I was still disqualifying this was 20, myself. Six, 2015 2016 right yeah and if you hadn't come into my life i probably still even as as much as i loved to write the story and tell the story i probably still would have disqualified myself from it because i i, I it was it just seemed like such a daunting idea to a kid from from the area that i'm from to go and do something that is fun and and like you know it like that you love to do like people we don't uh, i wasn't really exposed to a lot of people that that do that to do something for work that they love like you 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 don't do that you well do. i'm this is when i'm excited to have jess on because she could speak yeah. to that because she you grew up, grew up in a similar area right i i can't area. like yeah. fathom that because where i grew up was just so focused on the arts and um creativity and i mean hard work um oh yeah but the like we had you know different music programs and encourage i mean you did too but it was in way more of a competitive yeah. way where ours is a little i mean there's just so many artists in cape cod and, and wellfleet massachusetts it's just it was more like the art stuff to me and i think i, I like to think that it's different now with the schools where i grew up but but to me it, it was like the arts were like an extracurricular it was like oh this is a nice thing that you do and you put it on your college application and and it makes you a more well-rounded, you know, candidate for whatever profession you're going to go into. Right. But it, it never crossed my mind that you could combine, you know, your your passion, your, your passion with your work. Yeah, I mean, you grew up outside of DC much more, you know, yeah. um, I mean, you have the, most of your neighbors are career, working, military yeah, or government the Pentagon service. or it's just like such a different way of yeah. life, just lo locally. I mean, where you're from, which is another, there's a lot of special, the way you grew up with service, right. um, or to your country is just so unique to something and, bigger than yourself. Yeah, yeah totally. And it, again, like we have such different backgrounds, which we'll get into in another that's a whole other just podcast of how different our childhood and, right, yeah. and what, you know, but, um, again, where you, your whole story led you to Fred and, but, and, and to you. And so sure, but I'm doing the interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it. Cause if, but, if, go ahead, but go. I'm shaking my head when you're saying that it's because it, me coming in was part of the shape, but it wasn't, yes, I think it's it just like all the things coming. I think it's a part of but you don't it, giving me too much credit for that because you work so hard chad liebel yeah your best friend since first grade mr onks's class we love chad we talked to him basically other he's yeah. my best friend now yeah, too yeah 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 he's he's <laughs> my, also my agent while is... we're coming while i'm coming into the picture you and chad have been writing the book for right. your school georgetown you've been writing the book chad has been by your side he happens to be your 
My, my literary agent. Your literary yeah, so agent. Cool. I mean, how my everything perfect agent. Yeah. is that? I don't right? even buy a pair of socks without talking to Chad. So <laughs> that's, I mean, the book process, again, that's another whole episode. But I think the context of what you were up against with, with Fred guiding you with his stubborn positivity, you could have been like, no, it's too, it's too difficult. Like I, I'm not going to write the book or you could have even said to Georgetown, like, no, I'm not smart enough. Like internal, like your internal thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think you are mm-hmm. right. But we all have things that we, we just think we can't and we don't try the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you could have been like, right. oh, it's just too much. We don't yeah, have time, it's true. but you try. And it's so inspiring because there's so many moments where you could have just given up. Yeah. Or said it was like not going to happen and you didn't. I mm. mean, and who could have, I mean, I somehow knew that your story was so special. I would introduce Craig all the time as this is oh, my, this I love is, that. <laughs> Cause I was working in tech and as a musician, but also working in tech. What and would I, you say? What would you say when you introduced me? I'd say this is my boyfriend. He's an author. Yeah. He's a writer. Right. It was like embarrassing, but I also <laughs> loved it at the same time too. Cause I hadn't written any like I hadn't pub- obviously hadn't published a book yet. I'd written a lot of pages and wanted to write a book, but it was just so awesome that you. But I had read it, it and I, know, I knew I know. you were an yeah. author. Yeah. So the book comes out um, like a year after we started dating. I think you got Imagine the book that. deal. Nora the book comes deal into the picture. A year later. A year later, I get a book Chad, deal. Chad, there's so many moments though in that that are just like how did you know things align yeah, right and you totally. have angels or guides or whatever you want to call it around you and um but i i can't help but you have to give yourself some credit because as this podcast is structured on stubborn positivity and fred's lessons to us all there's just so many moments on your journey that you could have growled you could have wagged your tail but you you listened to your friends that were concerned about you mm-hmm. and you looked at your life and realized like I wasn't happy and you paid attention to your mental health and you paid yeah. attention and, and you did what Fred did. You wagged your tail and look where you're sitting with your whole little pack. Yeah, <laughs> I know it all, it really does um, all start with Fred and, and him like just being in so many ways. Yes. His story is, incredible but he's a dog and dogs just find their ways into our hearts and find ways to make us appreciate life and 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 who we are you know as people as a big bald eagle just flying over uh, in the sky right now yeah and uh you know and uh that's 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 dogs that's what dogs do for us and it's and fred just comes with all this extra, you know, awesomeness because of where he comes from and, and his story and, and, you know, and it, it's telling the story of the story like we're doing right now makes me all over again, just appreciate all the people makes me appreciate Fred. It makes me appreciate Jess. It makes me appreciate Chad, yes. you know, for yeah. not just being <laughs> the best literary agent in the biz, but also being the best friend that you know i could have asked for and that that goes back we, we got we're gonna have chad on too but mm-hmm. i i remember chad oh. i'm gonna cry but yeah. I, i'm gonna chad in like second grade i was like at dinner at, at the lebel's house and i'm telling some story about probably you know playing street hockey or something that day and like the whole family is like listening to me tell the story and chad like turns to his family and is just like grace the best storyteller <laughs> you are <laughs> 
You are. I'll never forget that. And then Mr. Liebel was was probably like like let's eat. He's like, a great storyteller. Yeah, Mr. Liebel was a great storyteller too. Knows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it, it's just it's just such a uh, an amazing journey that it's we've come so far, you know, together. But we are still, you know, here we are doing something new and exciting, you know, with it. So, I mean, so this is the moment, mm. right? This is a big moment because not only is it our, the first episode and that's really exciting and we've never done this before, the but question. kind of, it's just weird without, it's, it is, I will say, interesting not having everybody on it, you oh, know, because yeah. the live videos, right. like looking at everyone's names, but I like thinking that you're all listening and I don't know, it's sweet. Um, I like thinking of seeing your names, but the number one question we get for you for 13 years <laughs> yeah. for 13 is, years right 2010 you yeah. found fred yeah. in afghanistan you yeah. came home you he came home in 2010 yeah he you, was home in november of 2010 you came home march of 20 um 2011 yeah and the number one question you get mm-hmm when you're walking Fred around or whether it's online, it's, it's always the number one is what kind of dog is that? Mm-hmm. It's either a question or it's a question followed by assumptions, <laughs> yeah. which are great, you know, and it's the number one assumption is, Oh, he's part Corgi. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Fred family from around the world, we have the answer. This is really exciting. To the question of what <laughs> so kind excited. of dog Fred is. And, Guys, and this is just, so huge. Just so we can get it out of the way, he's not a mix. He is 100% one type of dog. It, it, it Let is. that sink in for a second. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you look at him, I understand the assumption that he is, you know, a uh, Heinz 57 or, you know, or whatever people want to, you know, call a. Uh, a mixed breed dog, right? He's not. Why? He's one hundred percent one type of dog. One hundred. No dog. I don't care. No dog is one hundred percent anything. Anything. They're all mixes. Why now? Why are we doing it now? That will be a question that they'll probably be, you know, <laughs> asking uh, someday in the Library of Congress when they're going through the archives. <laughs> <laughs> but really, why now? Because for us, why now? Um, it, it, it's you know, it's time. First of all, and, mm-hmm. and also we finally found for a long time. You know, one of the reasons we didn't do it was because the the a lot of the organizations didn't seem like they had the the, the, data. the data to yeah. pull from. The, you know, a lot of the the gene pools they pull from are are regional, and so I just felt like it was a waste. And also, I I I've liked I like the mystery. I like I like hearing people's assumptions and it's also been a way to get the conversation started because people like to come up and say oh what kind of dog is that he looks like you know a corgi he looks like this he looks like that and i'll say actually he's from afghanistan and how much time you got because i'm going to tell you the story you know so it's been a fun kind of you know mystery to kind of perpetuate yes but i think the stars have aligned and it's it's the right time to and we found yeah. And we had to tell them about Embark. Well, we found the company that has all the data. I think you can speak to why they have all the data, but we found Embark. So we have to thank Embark this for is sending awesome, us. Awesome, awesome company. Uh, the 
we'll get into all the information when right. we we so but just the lead up to this it's it's been 13 years mm-hmm. we just decided it's time embark you know is come we have all of the the stars aligned just like we were yeah. just talking about your journey with the right company and um the right data and they've been doing um they've been you know accruing this data for for yeah. years so yeah. all right so <laughs> All right, what Fred, kind of dog is Fred? Fred the Afghan is 100% West Asian village dog. <laughs> That's him. Which sounds maybe to you uh, like, it, oh, West- it's, just a, it's just a village dog. Like That just sounds like a street dog. But no, no, no. No, no, no. Embark, Embark and a lot of other incredible people have been doing research all over the world. And they've narrowed down based on genetic research, literally swabbing the cheeks of, of, of village dogs all over the world, that the West Asian village dog is the, the root of all dogs. So just, just to hit a quick wave top before I dive into some of this stuff, Fred's DNA goes back 15,000 years. He's even more so, incredible. His story becomes absolutely every day more incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we we were in tears. Yeah, this rocked this. us. Absolutely rocked. So us. we have to share. We we have some some tidbits to share. Um, yeah. thanks to Embark on on Fred's. Honestly, when I saw West Asian, one hundred percent. When you when you if you got to do this, it's so cool when you get Embark because you not only learn about the genes, but you learn about like different health things that you know your dog could have, and you learn just so much. It's really just beneficial. But when I saw that. Titles like West Asian Village Dog. That sounds yeah. like they're just throwing out a name of like a street. They must dog. have seen Fred the Afghan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I then you start reading, mm. and and okay. So, what exactly are village dogs? This is just kind of like their their generic kind of thing for um, what a village dog is. Village dogs are the free breeding, free roaming outside dogs found around the world, living in and around human settlements, big and small. They're also known as island dogs, pariah dogs, and free-ranging dogs. All right, so that's how they classify a village dog. Then we get into the West Asian village dog. (laughs) Makes me cry. Can you do it? Yeah, I think I can do it. (laughs) Um, They make up – village dogs make up three-fourths of the billion or so dogs living on Earth today. Embark's founders have studied village dogs on six continents since 2007 in their efforts to understand the history, traits, and health of domestic dogs. Through this work, they have discovered the origins of the dog in Central Asia and also identified genetic regions involved in the domestication and local adaptation, such as the high-altitude adaptation in, in Himalayan dogs. Um, Embark is the only dog DNA test that includes diverse village dogs from around the world in its breed reference panel. Okay. So what breed is my dog? It says right there. What breed is my dog? In a very real sense, West Asian village dog is the actual breed of Fred. Village dogs like Fred, like this descended from separate lines of dog that dogs that, that, that the lines, sorry, village dogs like this descend from separate lines of dogs than the lines that have been bred into standardized breeds like Labradors and Poodles. If you trace the family tree of Fred back, you won't find any ancestral dogs that are part of those standardized breeds. 
So, so when somebody asks, yeah, is Fred a corgi? What will you say now? No, Fred is Fred is not part corgi. Corgis are part Fred. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, Labradors <laughs> are part Fred. Every type of dog comes from Fred and his genetic magic. Yeah, it makes, I'm what shaking. What about the relationship? Do you have that? The relationship. What do you mean? Like he is part. He is the first. You know, I don't want to yeah. give it away. Okay, so to... I'm going to get into the fifteen thousand year thing. Yes, <laughs> no um, big deal. Because most breeds have only been around for maybe a hundred, two hundred, three hundred 200, years. Right. Yeah. Fred. Fred's breed has been around fifteen thousand. That they can trace back with fossils mm-hmm. to. So West Asian village dogs were instrumental in dog evolution. From this region, West Asia, so Afghanistan is is a part of Western Asia. From this region, dogs spread across Africa and Europe, where eventually they were bred into become the the become most of the hundreds of breeds we know today. Okay, here's the fifth. This is this is where it gets wild. When you click, the, you have all these different tabs, and you can you can uh, select the, your dog's maternal uh, haplotype, which is. The mother's a thirty pound word, right. but it's it's basically the, yeah your the, his mother's kind of genetic origin. The female lineage likely stems from some of the original Central Asian wolves that were domesticated into modern dogs starting about fifteen thousand years ago. It seemed to be a fairly rare dog line for most of history until the past three hundred years, when the lineage seemed to explode out and spread quickly. What really separates this group from the pack is its presence in Alaskan village dogs. (laughs) It is possible that this was an indigenous lineage brought to the Americas from Siberia when people were first starting to make this trip themselves. So if you trace back Fred's ancestors that far back, they basically are the first first domesticated dogs. They're like... They're the first companion. Dogs have always, dogs as as we know it, have always sought out and 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 been loyal and companions to people. Right. But it's Fred's ancestors. It's Fred's genetic. He's one hundred percent right. That, that started that. That started that idea. He's not like a a tenth percent of of these ants. He He's is hundred. He's a purebred. A bread. living example. A pure. He is the purest breed. I think we need to get in touch with the American Kennel Club <laughs> and have a new ad. Yes, West Asian, West village, Asian dog village dog. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, then why it's not? Already? And when they know. when they come out and they they have all the all the amazing breeds that come out and compete, Fred will come out and he'll be the only one, and he'll get a blue ribbon for best in show West Asian village dog. <laughs> I can't wait to share when we found this out when we we discovered his his DNA. That moment where you're in tears, and uh, I, I have footage, so was, I'll, we'll it share it. Rocked me. But you spoke to, of course, he is right. The first companion, right? Of course, I am. It's gonna make me cry. Go ahead. It's you okay. know, but yeah, of course. I mean, it makes so much sense, right? That he wagged his tail at me because, despite all of the reasons. You know, that I like I was giving him. I was saying, Man, like, why is this dog wagging his tail at me? He's all on his own. He's hot. He's hungry. He's covered in bugs. He's in a combat zone. 
He's clearly never been loved or taken care of. To him, it didn't matter. It, it didn't matter because deep down in his genetic makeup <laughs> oh. was the first dog that ever made contact and, and integrated itself into the life of a, of a family. And so he was like, yeah, man, like, come here. Like, I'm going to wag my tail at you for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't care if you got jerky or, you know, what you got. Like, I'm your guy. Let's go. And so it just, it makes so much sense yeah. that he, you know, he did that. His DNA makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. It explains it. And he, he's, he's getting bored. Should we get him? I you, feel like he should come, come here, Fred. on first. You're not going anywhere. Hang on. Move my mic. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. We give you the West Asian Village dog. You want to say something, Fred? (laughs) Oh, big bear. There he is. Big boy. He's so tired. You want to go outside and chase critters? Yeah? Oh, you good boy. You want to talk about what is it? What is it? Feel to have your DNA. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything, but it does answer and, like, just more. Like not even detail. It's just more um, more perspective. Perspective, but also like maybe this is why he's so wise. Yeah. You know, maybe this is why he stares off. He's just he's <laughs> your your DNA is fifteen thousand years old. He's bro. so good at what he does, and this this explains it. <laughs> it answers so much, oh, he's and so tired. Okay. it just makes all the sense in the world that like he's one hundred percent. Yeah, you're a special boy, special Fred. Guy, Fred. Yeah, we love you, buddy. You are the living example of stubborn, stubborn positivity. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope you find it as incredible as we do. We'll we'll continue to to share more. Um, but the the number one question is answered, guys. We've this answered is... it. We did it, Fred. Good job. Buddy. And it leads to more discovery, like more research. We can learn right. more about this. That's the cool. You're exactly right. That's the cool. All right, he's done. Good boy, Fred. Oh, good boy. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's it's like any any good any good question. Yeah. When you find the answer to it, it it raises more questions, you know? And and that's exactly what what this does, you know, and, and it's uh it's so cool. It's so cool. Uh We'll be riding riding this wave for a yeah. while cuz it's I mean we've we hear it all the time. Yeah. And now we can say you know, who yeah. he is. We're gonna... And it, it and it's so interesting that this started the podcast today of your stubborn positivity mm. moment. Right. Your stubbornly positive moment right. is when people would ask, what kind mm-hmm. of dog is he? Exactly. And yeah. now yeah. it's a full circle. It is. It really is. I mean, if I, if I had, you know, if I had answered that, you know, somehow yeah. earlier it wouldn't be the same, yeah. you know, if, if it was just, you know. It, it, now seeing all the lives he's impacted, mm-hmm. how many people have read his story, how many mm-hmm. people just are connected, are to, connected to both of you yeah. Oh, yeah, from those first moments it was born and now we know. Mm-hmm. It's well, because he's one of the first <laughs> companion dogs. They, they literally, they found, f- the 15,000 year thing isn't like, they're not just guessing, but they found a, fossil, some, a fossilized yeah, a, family right, with their- that was, they dated 15,000 years old and they had a, a, like a small like dog with them, like a, you know, that had been clearly domesticated. Yeah. And so, and, and they were able to, to, you know, understand where that, the, 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 you know, the genes of that. And it's, the science makes my head hurt, but it's, it's, it's all there, you know, and Embark does such a good job of, of, uh, of spelling it out and making, yeah. it, and making he, it approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we're going to have to add time to speaking yes. events. Uh, right. Because now people, because now we can answer it. We have, but you're the first to know. You're the first to know. Thank you for tuning in to this episode because you, you're, you buckle up because uh, <laughs> we got more surprises. We got more surprises to come, but this, we wanted to come out right away with this um, and, and just launch into, to, another one of the amazing layers of Fred and give it the time it deserves because it's not just a, a quick answer. No. It ties into our lives in such a huge way. Yeah. So this is really special to really, you know, I thought, I think I, one of the reasons I, I didn't want to talk about it for a while was for 13 years, uh, was I thought it would, it would rob Fred of some of the mystery, you know, but, it doesn't, it, it adds, it adds to it, you know? Um, and it, it explains him, um, which is never a bad thing. I, I think I thought, you know, oh, if it comes back and he's, you know, just a, just a, your average mutt, then, you know, first of all, there's no such thing. Every mutt, every dog is special and amazing. And, um, you know, I just, I think I, there was just a part of me that, that was afraid of, of what it would lead to. And, uh, is, I'm glad. I'm so glad for Embark. I'm so glad that we finally, finally dived in. Oh, do we want to talk about cheek swabbing him? No. <laughs> you have to. They send you a, a, a collection kit. Very and it's quickly. A, it's a Very yeah. Quickly. Yeah. And oh yeah, we've gone long, but yeah. Um, they send you a little cheek swab kit to for to sample the DNA, and you would have thought that we were trying to pull a tooth from him. That he was such a punk. <laughs> his eyes. He so was like I have. Yeah, we got fired footage. up. The way fired his up. eyes opened as you got close, and so yeah. I tried because Fred will let me do things. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, you guys fight like brothers sometimes, right, right. and so I gently try to come in, and no. his eyes just no. All that, all that, but it worked. So all that primal DNA kicked in. I mean, he, he was, doesn't even let a vet no. with a stethoscope. He'll, no. he'll, you know, yeah. he's that's Freddie's. He's been through a lot, yeah. so he's yeah. he's allowed. He's too smart for his own good. But yeah, he likes to take care of himself. And a swab was not comfortable, but we got through it. We have this huge piece of information now. Mm. Um, it it just it's. It's. I can't even. I, I'm struggling to find the words because, like I said, it just ties so much together, and it it gives so much more perspective to how special this boy is. Like we said, all dogs are special. Ruby, we will do you next. Yeah. You will be. <laughs> do we want to see? Does everybody want to no, see Ruby? No, she's so comfy. Uh, she's, Let's just... she's melted into the couch. And um, and yeah, all dogs are special. But this has been such a mystery for so long. Yeah. And um, encourage you to. Figure out your dog's DNA right. and and share their stories. And this is just further proof, this whole journey of sh what happens when you share your story, what right. happens when you're stubbornly positive and you wag your tail, and also when you share your story because here we are, we're sharing more. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's a full, full circle. Full, beautiful circle that we're so proud and grateful to to share with you and and this is just the first episode where, you know, we're starting it off with a bang, but uh, it's going to, the bangs and the hits and, and the beauty will just continue to come because we have, we have so much to, to share with, with the world. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you. And stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. We have more episodes coming up. Yep. Tune in guys. Thank just you. Just started. Our 
awesome music is thanks to Rose Parkington of the Parkington Sisters. And special thanks to William Flynn, the master of all things audio. If you enjoyed this episode, please click the subscribe button on your streaming platform. If you're interested in more from us, like video versions of our podcast episodes, clips from our adventures on the road, and more, then head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash stubbornly positive, to support our work and message of stubborn positivity. Thank you for listening. Freddie loves you.